Nathan, before we start the episode today, I've just got something that I really kind of need to talk to you about. Of course, Brenton. What is it? Is it possible yes. that during this episode, we could actually... What? 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 And what? After that, I think that we could maybe even just... I can't hear you. But only if you want to. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Classic Movie Banter. Hello. You know that podcast where me, that dude Brenton, and that other dude over there, Nathan. Hello. We talk about movies that are 20 years or older. 20 years! 20 years! <laughs> and we tell you guys whether those films are still worth watching this very day. Today. Or whether they're worth having a bit of fisticuffs with it, you know, <laughs> with that DVD box, and then throwing it into the water. There you know we go. I mean? Are we going to watch On the Waterfront or not? These are the questions. These are the hard-hitting questions that our listeners want to know, Brenton. Hey, it is a hard-hitting question, and for episode 96, we thought, why not? Why not review On the Waterfront? Yeah. That classic film from 1954. Yes. Uh, directed by uh, Aliyah Kazan. Uh, who also directed A Streetcar Named D- D- Desire, mm-hmm. which uh, I believe we've both seen. You've seen yes. Streetcar, right? Yes. Y- no, no, I haven't actually. Oh. I have not seen Streetcar, so I'm a, I'm a babe you- in the woods, Brenton. <laughs> oh, you are a babe pig in the city. Yeah. Uh- it's really annoying. <laughs> Shush, how dare you? It's really annoying as well because a lot of people talk about Streetcar. Like, I'll see them in interviews and I'm like, motherfucker, I still haven't seen it. Have you uh, Have you read the play? Have you seen the play? Yes. Yes, I've seen the play, but I haven't watched the film because Brando does the film, right. doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he yeah, does. yeah. Stella. Yeah. Well, maybe I have seen the film. No, I have seen it. I'm lying. With you. <laughs> I have seen it because I do remember that scene. I keep getting um a streetcar named Desire and Death of a Salesman like crossed in my head. I don't know why. Like the, that's interesting. Like I don't know why they're very different movies, but for some reason <laughs> I just kind of cross them over. Um, have you read Death of a Salesman as well? Yes. I did read that. I I think I read it first like years ago. Yeah, I um I I read that play uh by by recommendation of um my my our, well, our mutual speech and drama teacher during during school. Oh, wonderful. Shout out to Melissa. Good day, yeah, yeah. Melissa. How you doing? Good day, Melissa. I love you, Melissa. Love you uh, so much. Um but yeah, uh, no, I I love I love this kind of work, Brenton. It's funny because we had this on the movie roster for ages and it, I thought, yeah, fuck it, on the waterfront, let's do it. I, f- I generally had no idea what this movie was about. I knew nothing about it going in. Did you? Did you did did you know I I all I knew about it was uh, a few little tidbits of information in terms of the making of this feature and also the famous line See, that's in the movie. I knew the line, I didn't know it belonged to this movie. So when the line came up, I was like, Because <laughs> it's always like you see like compilations of like the best performances yeah. of all time. Best and it's acting always that ever. Little, yeah, yeah, it's always that line uh, that is in in those. And, and, I, and I know it, like like the shot, I know, I know kind of the setting, but I have no idea what the context is mm. or what's actually happening. So Nathan, speaking of context, do you want to ask me a little question? Brenton, can you please pitch for me on the waterfront? Can you pitch me the movie? <laughs> so we're on the water. <laughs> Front. So, uh, we are we are on the waterfront. You know, we are on the waterfront in. Whoa! How do we get here? Uh, actually, we might be late forties. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. I think late forties. Yeah. Uh, we're there, and we follow we follow this character played by the, cl- the everyone's favorite method actor, Marlon Brando. Oh really? Uh, Mine's Jared Leto. <laughs> 
<laughs> shush, 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 shush. <laughs> I, you know, if you said Daniel Day Lewis, you might have had some, uh, some credibility. I'm trying to think of someone that annoy you. <laughs> hey, like to be, hey, Jared Leto's a good actor. Like to be fair to ah! him. Yeah, sometimes he is. He just gave a questionable performance in Suicide Squad, but he'll bring it back home with Morbius, apparently. And 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 that may or may not have been uh, his fault. So you know, mm. good good on you, Jared. Uh, I expect a dead rat in the mail any day. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Oh, That's so anyway, not back okay, the- but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, <laughs> Keep pitching. To the, the the pitch of On the Waterfront. So we follow this character played by Marlon Brando. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he is he is just this, he's this guy that, you know, he's, everyone calls this guy a bum in the town. Everyone refers to him as the kind of the bum that he's kind of going nowhere with his life. That he had he had some promise, but he, he's never lived up to anything. And he's just kind of this guy that's bumming around. And he's got himself mixed in with his older brother and the. Oh, are you local... pitching me Goodwill Hunting right now? No, 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 <laughs> because. And you could you could almost you could almost say that no he's got himself mixed up in the in the mob oh uh, no who, because he's, he needs to learn that crime doesn't pay <laughs> he and the mob controls basically uh the workers uh who uh work in the shipping yards on the waterfront oh, okay but enough about adelaide <laughs> hey, hey, I'd love to see the Australian version of this, am I right? Oh, Christ, um, that would be something, wouldn't it? Oh, gosh, actually, I don't want to see that. I take that back. Anyway, uh, so he gets himself worked. He, he's in with the mob, and he and he kind of does little errands, and one day he does a specific <laughs> He's delivering errand. washing. <laughs> Pretty much. He's delivering a pigeon, actually. Oh, and yeah. uh, Is he Lawrence Fishburne from John Wick 2? That's it. Nathan, Nathan, I think this is the most you've ever interrupted a pitch. I'm so but I sorry. Love it. Like, no, 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 don't apologize because it's actually really funny. But uh, um, <laughs> I'll step back. I'm like that movie producer who's way too excited about the movie. Like, whoa, I've got all these ideas. <laughs> uh, so, so he he he's doing this errand one day, and he's delivering uh, a certain item, which happens to be a bird, to to a to a member of of this town. And we're in New York, uh, aren't we? Are we? I Maybe. thought we were. I thought I saw the Empire State at one point through, hey through guys, the fog. We're, we're adding that classic segment where Brenton looks up the location. <laughs> Brenton looks up where the is. fuck are we? <laughs> I'm fairly certain it's New York because like there's a scene where like he looks out on the water and it's like all metaphorical because you're like, oh, he's a bum, but he could he could be in the city. But this is there's no way this is New York. There's no oh. like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no rivers uh, in New York. <laughs> There's no water. Where is this set? <laughs> Maybe no one knows, but it's like meant to be generic American city. Maybe it is set in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> what a plot twist. Like it zooms out and it just shows Australia. That was like the first thing on the Google search as well. When I said, where is on, on the water? It said, and it just came up, where is on the waterfront set? There you go. Um, no one knows. Uh, setting place, uh, Hobbiton, uh, New New Jersey. So New Jersey. Oh, but isn't New Jersey opposite New York? Am I? Am I? Yeah. 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 So yeah, it is. It is. Well, okay. It's opposite. You can see New York. It's Jer- it's, it's Jersey. It's you know the Jersey side of the bay, but you can see New York in the distance. Uh, well, that's good to know. There that makes go. sense. That settles so the you, problem. So, we, so, we, so you, so we, we, you were right with your um, assumption of like seeing the city in the background. Yeah, because uh, it's a metaphor, maybe, yeah. Brenton. Because he's a bum, but maybe he could be in New York as a boxer. Because apparently he was good at that at one point. Isn't it always, though, like with the American dream that it's always they want to go uh, east? Yeah, he's literally as east as he can go, but he still wants to go more east. He's like, no, get out of the water. He's like, but I'm on the waterfront. Sorry, not east, west to, to LA and, and California. Oh, maybe he's doing like a lap. Like he hits, he has to touch the east side before he goes back west. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Anyway, the point is, back to wherever the hell I What's was. What's this movie page. about? <laughs> so, so, so he, he, he's doing this errand for the, for the mob. And it so happens that, unfortunately, that that errand 
uh, ends in tragedy that he was not aware. That Are we watching Two Hands? <laughs> you got to stop. Okay. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, Sorry, I'm just seeing how derivative this fucking let's, film is. I, I love it. I love it. But let's get through this segment okay. and get into the show. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, there may or may not be a dead brother in this film. So, you know. Are we really are watching Dead Hands? <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so yeah, so, so this ends in tragedy that, uh, he was not, uh, aware that it was going to, and this causes, uh, some moral conflict in our protagonist that causes him to, uh, second guess, uh, where he has ended up in his life, why he has ended up there, and what he could possibly do, uh, to bring himself back, bring his moral compass back to a more, uh, healthy place, let's say. And in doing so, the cost of what that would bring to the people he cares about, uh, or whether it's worth just taking the easy option. Ah. And, uh, continuing along the trajectory that he is, and like everyone else in the, in the, in the town, play, uh, D&D, uh, deaf and dumb. Deaf and dumb. Uh, to, to the to the to the uh, proceedings of the mob. This sounds a lot like Chinatown. Uh, it it, do- it kind of does. But it also sounds yeah. a little bit like um, Harry Potter when Dumbledore says that line. It's time to now choose between what is right and what is easy. That's that's it. If you remember that's, the Goblet of Fire trailer, I I do I do remember that trailer. There we go. I do I do remember watching that and thinking, why the hell is Daniel Radcliffe's hair like? Why is it grown like? <laughs> why has Daniel decided to be a mop this movie? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I think Rupert Grint was worse. Oh, easily has the but, worst uh, hair. Oh, Neville's got a pretty bad head of hair as well. That film. I've killed Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a bad impression. <laughs> no, it was terrible. That was terrible. Is it four or that five was... where Neville finally starts to get good looking? Is it, it's. I think it's five from memory. Um, I'm not sure. I'm. I'm I, I can't speak. For there's like there's a turning I'm... point where like every character goes. Wait a minute, Neville. Like. You know what's also weird about those movies? They kind of insinuate that Luna Lovegood's into Neville, or like they're going to end up together. But like, if, but like, if you read the books, like Neville ends up with like some random like chick. Does he? Yeah, he does. He doesn't end up with yeah. Luna in the books. Yeah, he doesn't end up with. But Luna. in Death Note Part Two, he's like running past Harry. He's like, and Harry's like, "Where are you going?" And Neville's like, "I got to find, I gotta Luna. find Luna. I got to tell her. Like, is he say I love her? Like, yeah, I love is that, her. I got to tell her I love her." And then like Harry's like, like all right, all right, and then and then it's followed. That's that is followed by the most awkward fucking kiss between him and Ginny. Um, oh, yeah, it goes for like half a second. Yeah, they kind of have a little weird peck like in the yeah. middle of the hallway while everyone's like running around them. None of their kissing scenes were great. There was no real chemistry. No, there. my favorite though was still when they kiss in the kitchen and Fred's just standing there. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, you got to stop derailing. I'm so sorry. I just realized. I'm being so anarchist this episode. I'm just going all directions. So yeah, so basically, we're exploring the moral compass of this guy, and he has to choose uh, between the easy way or the right bitching. way. <laughs> and uh, on the back jump of New Jersey and the mob on the waterfront, and maybe he might find a partner along the way Ooh. who may or may not be a woman or. Or a pigeon, we don't know. Ooh. Maybe both. Threaten <laughs> you entice me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Isn't it more like ooh? Isn't isn't the pigeon sound more like? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. Jesus. Oh, we should do a compilation. Oh, that's okay. the pitch. Another seven seasons. We should do a top seven films with pigeons in them. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a few. Oh, you know Shrek what I mean? Two was on that list where one flies into the castle. Mate, oh. mate. I, Twenty-one I, Jump you know, Street you... where the doves come out. Oh. There was a specific scene in this, by the way, that reminded me of the lighthouse. And oh, I really? Think you might know the oh, lighthouse. right. Yeah, that's a spoiler thing. Yeah, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about that. Cool. Oh, Christ! I'd have loved Willem to rock up in that, or Rob Pat, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking on the roof. Oh, see, there was also an actor in this that looked like Rob, um, looked like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's funny that we're on the same page with this call. Let's get into All it. Right. Nathan. What do you think? Brenton, of the waterfront? Well done for for dodging every 
ball I threw at you. Let's get into what we thought of On the Waterfront. Okie dokie. So, Brenton, this movie, uh, what do you think? Oh, I, I posted oh, that okay, fine. You, Nathan. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I want to rebound, not, not bloody lead the way into the bush. Everyone's heard it. All right. Every, yeah, hey, man, this is your time to speak. Like, like literally on the podcast, it's like, you know, you're not meant to have derailed us as much as you have. This is like your alligated speaking time and you like pass it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why the kid that guy that guy got out of detention, but I walk into the wrong classroom into another detention? Like, <laughs> oh no, I'm still in Listeners, trouble. If this is your first time listening to classic, we're so Day, sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. But bless you for still listening if you're here. <laughs> like, you must be very confused. Okay, on the waterfront. Okay, let's put on our respectable movie critic hats, Brenton. Let's 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 toss out this frivolity we've been jumping around in for the past little bit. Okay, on the waterfront, Brenton. This is a well-crafted film, I would say. You know, it is excellently directed. You got some of the best acting in cinema. However, in saying that. I feel like the story is kind of by the numbers. Like it's like it's good, it's really good, mm-hmm. but I feel like like I was going in the pitch. I feel like everything I've seen in this movie, I've seen other places. Mm-hmm. And like and I guess in 2020, you know, with with hindsight, that's kind of, you know, that's there. But despite it, I I still had a lot of fun with this movie. Yeah, yeah. Hey man, I I think I'm I think I'm on the same page as you. Uh, and it's ah. interesting cuz I um now that I didn't and the biggest compliment I can give this movie is I agree with everything you just said oh, in regards you. to the in regards to the plot. Like you're right. Um, but as you were saying that, I was finding myself agreeing with that, but also finding that I haven't even I hadn't even considered that really. Mm. Like because I think I think what this film does is even and it's it's this thing I always say. Is it's it always, a character study? The, no, it's always it's no it's and it's not that it's complicated. It's that it's executed really well. So you kind of forget, like, even though it's a f- mm. very familiar storyline, and I didn't think it was going to be either to the film's credit. I was invested yeah. into where it was going because I didn't necessarily think that it was going to have. Uh, I don't want to spoil this, but let's say as a as a stereotypical, not that I think it's that stereotypical, but like you know, uh, uh, such a familiar trajectory of the plot. Yeah, but it does, and 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 that's fine because the the execution of like the including like you said the stellar performances mm. uh the visuals are really good and yeah. also just the um, framing some, is some, excellent some, like jesus that stood out and some great um uh storytelling choices in terms of like execution like i said so there's some moments in this film mm. that um really use sound in interesting ways and, and yeah and, uh, <laughs> interesting is one of them yeah 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 well, well yeah and, and and i appreciate those artistic choices um mm. that kind of liven this this story um but it's all it's all it's all about that that that, that connection between characters which i think is where this film really shines marlon absolutely brando, man. jeez marlon brando oh man you know jeez he's one of he's one of those actors uh he is and, one of them but he is and 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 what i wrote uh about his performance um, you wrote a little hard of like b plus m and like a little love art, like. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a master of of subtlety i think oh and, i didn't i've and, never noticed this before but just like the way he touches his face like on his cheek and how he yeah. like rubs the back of his head or he'll like put his hand on his mouth like and it's funny you wouldn't notice this with other actors but the way he does it is so goddamn intelligent like he's he's so i think there's actors every generation that come along that really kind of they kind of fit into this category and mm. i'm not quite sure how to articulate what this category is but i put him in the category of of de niro let's say yeah who i think is someone that is very similar de niro, to niro brando day lewis you like all of them yeah doing <laughs> Joaquin, 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 I think, is in that yeah. category as well. You know what I mean? Like every generation. Apparently, Jared Leto. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. So, no, 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 no. no. Um, 
but but the artistry of just uh of of subtlety and 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 I had to say like realness because everyone's like it's so real oh, but I hate so saying real. that because it's not even it's not even that it's like it's like like it's not that it's not that Brando has just picked up the script and gone okay here are the decisions to deliver these lines like he's he's added so much more meaning with like not just how he's delivering them but like in every sense of interpretation like his physicality yeah. his, his the way he changes his voice like it, every every tool he's got he's using to its highest form and as an actor he's just I'd also put Christian Bale in this category yes. as well just thinking of uh, and and I, I I just think like these type of actors like. The one I put just down is just it's very uh, even I, even if you're not an actor I think it's very inspirational just to it watch is. and be like because you're watching someone who's very good at what they do doing it exactly like, exactly yeah. you're watching a master of their craft it's like watching Nadal you know or oh. or uh, you know Tiger Woods in his prime you know what I mean yeah uh, so before the before the affairs like <laughs> before the fucking fallout <laughs> oh, yeah jeez you you know what I mean like you're just watching a master of their craft like you said and just it's funny because like, I've heard this before and like. I, it, it sounds almost wanky, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. But, like, genuinely, when you watch this, it does do that jaw-dropping thing. It yeah. reminds me a little bit of, yeah. like, when you see Heath Ledger in Dark Knight, where you're like, this person yeah. isn't acting. Yeah. They're, like, they're elevating this work in every sense of it. And whilst, like, it's very impressive, what's even more impressive, impressive about it is that whilst we say this and that it's such a standout and it's inspirational and whatever, mm. it's still not, like it's still not taking away from the storytelling. No. And it's not like Oscar bait where he's just like doing a monologue every three minutes about like, oh, no. I got to make my decisions. Like, it's not like, it's not that. <laughs> it's, that's my Brando oppression. <laughs> was that was that a reference to the Godfather movie? I think I'm it was. Sure. I think it was. <laughs> I think that's why. It sounds a little bit Godfather in this. But, um... You know, it's there's that, but the, but also what I find really interesting is that he doesn't hog the screen. They still, no. he's still like the like the sister of 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 the bloke who you know who leaves and 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 the mob boss. Like they get a good amount of screen time. For some reason, the priest gets a lot. And to be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of him. I don't know why, but he rubbed me the wrong way. I, I actually was. I, I enjoyed the priest, and I enjoyed his uh, arc as well. I, I there was a there's a specific scene in this. There's crucifixion in this place. Like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. That was one of my favorite scenes in the film. Was it really? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I couldn't take it seriously. But 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 again, <laughs> you're all sinners. <laughs> but again, the execution of of his performance, the filmmaking of uh of 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 showing us that scene and the way it shows us that scene and how it unfolds, but then also. Brando's performance when he's just reacting to what's being said. Yeah. Is just is what makes what is mm. what brings the uh I guess emotional heft of that moment um in for the audience. Uh and and yeah, so whilst the performances are great, like the filmmaking and like the the shots it chooses to show, like you said, it's not just I, I think like a lesser filmmaker would honestly just like you said, like let Brando hog the screen. Yeah, a lesser I mean? film like, would be like Theory of Everything, where like it's just exclusively yeah. Eddie Redman going, Ugh. but like in this one, like every- <laughs> That was my Stephen Hawking that impression. Was, that, that was that was interesting. Uh, carry on. <laughs> We're gonna get letters, but like, <laughs> but like, send us an email, <laughs> listeners. Was that offensive? I don't know. <laughs> Tweet at us, <laughs> Jesus. But Let like, us know. Jesus Christ. But like, I think what one of the greatest strengths, like you mentioned it, is that the camera goes around to everyone else. For example, we get a reprisal of a wonderful actress from North by Northwest. In the sense of Eva. Yes. Uh, in her first yeah. film, by the way. This was her first film. Was this her debut? This was her wow. debut film, and she's opposite Marlon Brando. And they both got Oscars for it, and you can see why. Oh, she's fantastic. She's amazing. Also, yeah. so beautiful. So, so, oh, so, so beautiful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, but I love her. <laughs> Brett is, like, fanning me down. Like, woo! Yeah, c- calm down. Calm down. Okay, calm sorry. down. Let's, let's move on. Come on, Stephen. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, no. Um, 
<laughs> uh, no, but I I loved her character in this yeah. as well. I loved all I loved all the characters all in good. this film. And I, oh, and, and um, I, bloody mob boss is um the guy from The Exorcist. Yes, he is. I'm like, hey, is, yeah. you're back. Yeah, he's also uh, in Twelve Angry I, Men, and he's really good in that because he plays a really grumpy juror. Have you seen Twelve Angry Men? I have not, but I really want to. Oh, so maybe we can review that. It's really at some good. Stage as well. It's really yeah, really um, good. He's like, oh, mate, I don't like the guy on court because he's black, and everyone's like, don't be racist. And he's like, I'll be racist. And that's his character. I think. Uh, I think. While, whilst we're like pointing out scenes, though, because we're like talking through scenes in this film, even though we're not in spoilers yet, and we're not really giving anything away. No. What makes this work as well is that, like, as a film as a whole, like walking away from this, like, I haven't uh, stopped thinking about it, and 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 not even just from a thematic th- um, standpoint, but like just in terms of the execution, like we said. Um, but also just because I think I left, I left, let's say, I didn't see this in the cinema, but I left the theater, let's say, mm. with a smile on my face because I just <laughs> you walk out of your really, lounge into the kitchen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a really fulfilling experience, um, with this film mm. and, uh, and it's not just because the themes I think are like really human in the sense that it's yeah. about like, so it's just still relevant when you consider labor laws, a lot of parallels with the Irishman with this film. Yes. I agree. I was waiting for yeah. that opportunity was Jimmy Hoffa just to rock up. <laughs> be like, <laughs> be like where in the... Actually, this is a lot like The Irishman now I think about it. Also reminds me a little bit of Gone Baby Gone, how it's like you sure. explore that lo- local neighbourhood. I feel like definitely Ben Affleck could have made this like if he was around back then. Does it also feel like it could have been maybe a play? I was getting a lot of play yeah. vibes from it. Like, Yeah, I agree. But uh, but at the same time, I'm, I I left this uh, having a real... real um, fulfilling, like I said, film experience. Like I, 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 there's scenes in this that I think really succeed because that they're they're on film and uh, and and whilst I think it could work as a play and be interesting to see like an adaption for the mm. stage, and I think it could really work, I think it could and really be really work powerful. Too. At the same time, I think you're always gonna be living up to this in a way. Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe they'll do a musical of it one day. I don't know, and and Jeez. they'll get around it that way. <laughs> That'd be great. But, I'd love to see a musical of this. I could have been a contender. And <laughs> as he's just dancing around the car. I don't. I really don't. Um, um and you know what? I'm glad that I'm um, hanging from a hook. Am I dead? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um That that should be a new segment we should introduce at one point. Should this movie be a musical? I feel like we just did. So uh <laughs> There we go. I'm really starting to think about it. Like could you you can imagine like the opening monologue, everyone's like running around the factory, like sorry, the opening sequence. It's like it's like Book of Mormon where they're door knocking, but instead they're all like stacking like the Irish whiskey. <laughs> Christ, was this sponsored yeah. by Irish whiskey? Like I don't know, it's fucking but I, everywhere. I I felt like a Jameson whiskey after this. I gotta say, <laughs> Brenton, put the bottle down. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> I felt hey, I felt like getting one of those one of those many boxes of Jameson whiskey I have and just letting it crush me and just like oh, you know. I feel like we're really <laughs> itching towards spoilers. We should rate Let this. It- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was uh, on the musical thing as well. Oh yeah. I got some massive Billy Elliot vibes. Like, if you've seen oh, Billy really? Elliot, the musical of the stage show, the last shot of this film... Is it was Tom Holland's in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are there are, there are are a couple of child performances in this film, yeah. uh, which are fine, which are fine. They which don't is a the lot screen, coming so from Brenton good. to say that they're yeah, fine. Uh, which, which are fine. They, they It gets around them. Uh, I guess because we've seen Lord of the Flies, everything else will just look better. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but the final shot of this film gave me massive Billy Elliot, uh, the musical vibes, because there's a moment in Billy Elliot, the, Elliot, the musical, when the minor all go down the mine shaft and oh. the and the door the the mine door oh, uh, and it closes. the elevator shuts and it closes exactly oh nice uh, uh, reminiscent of of the final shot in this film so you're saying anyway we are getting into spoilers yeah I know so you're saying on the waterfront stole from Billy Elliot that's what you're saying even though Billy Elliot uh, in terms of the you know the historic timeline of cinema, it came after this. It's still on the waterfront. <laughs> Brett is claiming it time here traveled now. into the future and it stole from Billy Elliot the it. musical. 
You're fond of me lobster, ain't you? So, Brenton, would you watch this on a Thursday night? Would you recommend to absolutely, this man. on a Thursday night? A- absolutely, man. Yeah. If you if you are into uh, a, a a mob film uh, from the perspective of of someone uh, that is that is questioning their moral beliefs mm. uh, and really captures an a, an environment that encaptures a town that encaptures a uh, captures a community like Chinatown. Yeah, kind of. Um, but I think this is more of a Chinatown's more if you want to have a if you want to walk away with a bleak. Yeah, this is a lot happier. I was surprised how happy this film is actually. I, yeah. I was also too, how yeah, romantic was... it is. It's a very romancy kind of movie, so it'd be perfect for a date night. But not in a uh, not in a um. Oh, the strings up on a little bit. No, no, but not in a Withering Heights kind of way. Christ, I'd say no, because I'd say not that... a Withering Heights way. Oh, this I'd is say I, I'd say I'd say you're watching romance with like excellent chemistry and a scene that doesn't necessarily like obviously brings these two characters together but more so from a standpoint of where the two characters are, are kind of different in a way as well so it's interesting to watch as opposed to just like i love you and i love you and we're meant to have a castle together yeah like, <laughs> on on the moors you Jesus. know like yeah i was getting those kind of vibes from little women as well when i saw it by the way like yeah yeah, yeah. i was watching little women and i'm like this is so much like withering heights and not in a good way <laughs> Again, I like Wuthering Heights, and I like Little Women for those aspects oh. as well. So no, I maybe don't. I'm just don't, a sucker. Don't marry the pe- the people that you grow up with. It's like, but but like I really ship these two as a couple, you know. So it's uh, like that. Like when I grow up, as in like you live in the same house, grow up with. Like don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Marry your childhood sweethearts, but if they if they grew up in the same house, maybe think about it. I've, I've loved you since I was three years old. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it is a little thing, like ah. Oh. It's such a weird relationship that because like clearly like in both well actually no in just Little Women it's a it's a scenario where like imagine just like being in that situation where there's someone that was like basically raised with you and you have such affection for them in in that way you know mm. in a romantic way but like you can totally understand why they'd just be like but dude you're like my brother yeah <laughs> you exactly know, like... you can see you can definitely see why like Saoirse Ronan was just like seriously go for anyone else <laughs> Timothy Chalamet's like oh but I want you and spoilers for Little Women by the way oh but, yeah but right. how how uh, but, but I'm, I'm gonna spoil it that he still ends up with someone that he yeah. did grow up with you know, like it's so that- funny because, like, because like um, Florence Pugh was like so independent the whole movie. I felt like it was such a concession that she like, f- like, did end up needing to marry. But I, I, but I do understand why. Like, I always thought. See, everyone kind of rags on that relationship. I think, like, mm. in that story and how much they hate that the Amy character. Um, but I. I always like that character, and I always think it makes sense that they end up together. Mm. I think I think the Joe character is exactly right when she's like, "This shit would never work, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. This is gonna this is gonna be an absolute yeah. disaster." I'll just go marry know? a French professor instead. <laughs> well, it's like he has to like with Amy. He has to like grow up. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, as opposed to just being Peter Pan. Also, with like with with Joe, like in the French professor, I reckon she definitely has a type. So no, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I love when Timothy Chalamet as well is just like. Oh, this is so weird. I'm helping you get with your new lover. I don't like this. <laughs> He's just like uh, awkwardly standing there. Man, we've really derailed. Like, I love it, but like, we're really tangenting. Jesus, uh, we're, we're, really, we're, so we're going on board. so many tangents this episode. Like, we're, so mate, sorry, we're reviewing all these other films. We're breaking the 20 year rule like every two <laughs> seconds, talking about Harry Potter, uh, talking about little women. You know what's funny, Retta? Going into this, yeah. I wasn't actually going to give on the waterfront a thumbs up because I actually thought it oh. was too derivative. I was, I was, I was genuinely scratching my head going, okay, what? would listeners want to get out of this film that they couldn't get from others but you actually turned me around on it yeah i i just think it's i just think on like these themes are just still so relatable and the mm. execution's there and it does it a lot better than some other films that kind of carry similar yes. themes today you know what i mean yeah. like and when i think of like other films i've given thumbs up on this show as well i feel like no this should get a thumbs up compared to some others yeah, yeah. 
So yeah. nope, yeah. both giving it. We're both <laughs> yeah. saying yay. We can finally move on to some spoilers. You spoiled it. What? The movie. Oh. So what do you want to start, buddy? Like, oh. I'm, I'm gonna we already spoiled so much of it. Um, I know why, but this is the first thing I want to mention is that Marlon Mando, he really loves his chewing and it's not even a spoiler. Like, I didn't even I didn't even notice that, but now you said it. Um, yeah, he, like, totally. Every he's, third he's, scene, he's just kind of chewing. I'm like, is he even has he even got gum? It's also something I've noticed in real life, Brenton, where like cool people just kind of chew, like even if they haven't got gum, that's just something that they do. I don't know if you've ever seen. Hey, this. I do it. You you know me. Yeah, I'm always yeah every chewing. time we do this podcast, Brenton, you just can't stop fucking chewing. Like, oh <laughs> no, he was doing some real Brad Pitt acting there, wasn't he? Oh yeah, Jesus, he's like biting an apple every fucking scene. Like, oh, but it made sense. I don't know. Like, it was. It felt characterful. It felt natural. Yeah, it's something it something he was adding. If you want to talk about a specific moment, should we talk about the boat horn? Because it's easily the stupidest thing in this movie. Oh, I love it, dude. But why I is absolutely it in here? love it. Well, for a moment that I think the stakes are are so insanely high, and also like in terms of like the narrative in terms of like it makes sense that he takes it to a location where the mob who would obviously be spying on what he's doing Mm. could not hear their conversation yeah but then neither could she (laughs) i think i think that she could like i I think that like obviously artistically she can but it's like it's also like reflecting her mental state in that moment of like finding out that the love of her life is also was was uh was uh kind of a passenger to her brother's murder. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, the stakes are so sky high in that scene. Uh, and I, I just thought it was like a wonderful kind of artistic way of, of, of conveying that. Uh, and interestingly enough, I think like, even if the scene had been just the two of them acting that moment, like it still would have been powerful, but I think it just added that extra, it added that extra kind of, uh, heightened, uh, necessity. I think that's something like, like that scenario kind of needs, you know? Yeah. What I mean? Yeah, definitely added to the tension. And also because smartly this film like really waited for them to kiss as well. Like Oh like, yeah. I love that too. I was, yeah, I love for, that I have for a very long time I haven't like shouted at the screen going like kiss. Like it's been a while. Especially for okay, well let's talk about uh this compared to American in Paris, which was released uh three years before this. Yes. And so both of these are in the fifties. And if we can say anything about this time period, it's just like couples love to kiss. You know mm. what I mean? They'll go on the date. You watch Singing in the Rain even, and like the like you know they they just like make out all the time. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? And They're it's like, and it's what? that closed lip, closed lip, uh, just smush your faces together. The weirdest, but it's always kiss like ever in cinema. it's always it's always like you know like not so much in Singing in the Rain, but it's like you know there's always like a like a date or something, and and it always just it kind of brings the characters together and they get they overcome like kind of uh, their differences like kind of straight away. Like almost, yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 it can sometimes feel the depth isn't really there yet in the relationship. I'm not to say that like in those other films there are there are depths to those relationships that we find out kind of maybe later on. Mm. But this, uh, I, what I appreciate about it, appreciate about it is just like their opening moments together. These two characters mm. bringing them together are just so organic. Oh, there's so much, yeah, yeah, and there's so much juice in the scenes as well. There's, oh, like, yeah. In terms of the screenplay, there's so much placement. happening in those scenes. There's, there's <laughs> blackcurrant juice babies get go. on it. Um, good choice, also guava. Uh, man, it's, it's good stuff. Oof. But but bringing those characters together and what they reveal about each other is is very natural. Mm. And I love organic, when they go to like the bar said. and he's like, "Let me take you out for a drink," and she's like, "Oh, okay." Nah. Oh, I I I love that scene uh, when when she drops her glove and he picks a glove up and he yeah. puts it on, which was entirely improvised, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um, amazing. They just they just look so natural together, like the way that they behave. They do, don't they? And it's such like a shit circumstance that they end up meeting. It's like, oh, my brother's dead, and like he's like, yeah. And also because like he was kind of involved, but not really. So she's like kind of debating whether it's like, oh, should I sleep with him? <laughs> like, 
And it really it really goes there, doesn't it? Really it? it really does. Really goes yeah, there in the sense the of like dealing it. with those moral questions. Yeah. Uh, which which I appreciate as well. Like you see that like he's like he's so conflicted mm. about being in this position. And so when he turns to the priest and he does tell her in that great scene, mm. it there's, you know, it means something, and you, and you really care about what's going to happen. You do, to and especially especially when the danger of the situation starts becoming really yeah, apparent. Yeah, you realize anything could happen. Roof. Yeah, and especially when yeah. you compare this to like Gene Kelly, who's so thirsty the whole film in American in Paris for that chick. Brando really is debating even if he wants to be with her. He's like, yeah, and it's, it's yeah. and for the fifties, Jesus, it's refreshing to see that. Like, see, like, yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, rather than like her just be a love interest, like she is actual agency in this, like. Which is yeah, I love her character, dude. I love that she's that she's there. She's there, and she wants to get down to the bottom of of this um, um, situ- horrible situation of what happened to her brother yeah. to kind of help with her own grieving process. And what a great mirroring he- as well that his brother ends up dying as well. So they've both yeah, lost a brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. And um, and I love as well that she at the same time is so. Uh, like I love that little moment she has when she says like why she's getting into teaching and he says oh you know you must have brains for that sort of thing and like compliments her on that she says like yeah brains are good but it's also about like you know how you teach and how you communicate oh. which is like a reflection a d- re- direct reflection on kind of I guess like how she kind of teaches him in the film to like open and communicate and and realize that there's there's deep flaws and in, into the way that he's been like conducting himself and that deep down maybe he he does have a heart of gold maybe he does. Just maybe just a little one takes him a while he, though because initially he's like no i'm not going to testify and he does it for a lot of the film before he finally turns yeah. around yeah and and why why wouldn't he and then it mate that scene in the car as oh well like that the most famous line comes oh. from between him and his because it's so funny the whole movie he's kept on being called a bum and i was starting to think like wait a minute he's been called a bum there's a line with a bum in it <laughs> and then yeah but the, but, it, but i still didn't see it coming and then when he finally he yeah. said I could have been anything I'm like ah! <laughs> like he's saying yeah. the line the setup of that moment is great as well because the whole movie he's so defensive about like where he, he's lot in life and where he is in the world yeah. and when he finally and when you finally find out the backstory to of that in that moment of how uh he he basically he sold match, away right? his his boxing yeah. he threw his match he threw away his boxing career he threw away the one thing that he was like good at and you know probably you know he could have got the title shot he could have been something else and he gave it away um for his brother and for these mob this mob and for this community that are that are just so low and and it's it's such a great scene but also like the, leading up to that that moment between the two brothers because we don't really see uh his brother for most of the film like we see him in the moments mm. where you see the mob boss and and you just kind of see him as this classic like right hand man kind of accountant caricature you know and in that moment because you when the brother kind of saves his brother, like he saves Marlon Brando, it's such a, it's such a powerful moment, especially when you went straight away, that driver just goes straight into the basement. And the next moment we see his brother like hung on a fucking wall and, and the stake, the, the stakes are just through the roof. But in that conversation as well, when Brando realizes that he, uh, is is kind of like in this in the in the place where this is a death sentence if he doesn't agree to their terms, you know, mm. if he doesn't look the other way, and he and he won't, and it's uh, it's really powerful. Yeah, it's amazing. It's just it's so good, and like and when he's like saying he's a contender and all that kind of stuff, like you really see like the the level of damage it's done to him. Like he's, yeah. he just feels such regret and the sadness and like and it's funny because he he looks at his brother with new eyes as well, like. You can see the brothers like regretting what he's done, and like the brother takes blame. So like it's it's just so complex between the two of them. Yeah, and it makes it even sadder when you finally see the brother hung by the hook, and you're like, oh, it's. It- I I I just love that in such a short like just a short moment in the film, and like we haven't really had the setup of this. Like we understand their brothers. It just 
it just gives again this film's really good at relationships it just gives you the the complexity of their relationship and also like the power of their relationship that they at the end of the day and they do try to do this they they would do anything for each other because mm. at first you're like Charlie is Charlie just going to lead him to his death you know and step aside and he doesn't and it's um yeah it's it just goes to show like how how well this this film doesn't even go for over 2 hours dude no like it's how well it it's, uses it's, its well paced to, i think for what it yeah, is to, to get that information across and again the acting but what's funny about this scene too is that like Brando wasn't even there for for his brother's I know, close-ups you know what crazy. I mean like oh it's a famous story of basically like Brando I think could only work till till 4 p.m or whatever um, he was only contracted to work till 4 p.m each day shooting and so uh he this other actor rocked up for all of Brando's you know the close-ups and all of these you know his takes and uh on the days where it was his takes Brando just wasn't there and it was some crew member probably that was just reading the lines and and apparently there was like a there was like a there was a lot of uh and he's still uh, got the Oscar for it like oh yeah yeah I know, I know. like there's there's just a lot of uh what would you say not conflict necessarily but maybe maybe just uh it was maybe a little bit of bad the blood. Of them. yeah maybe maybe there was a little bit of uh I don't even know the tension? word cantankerous is good tension yeah there we go tension's good Ooh. yeah speaking of tension I love it when um the priest says the the title line of the movie at one point. I wrote it down because I thought it was really great, where he said, um, if you don't think Christ is on the waterfront, you've got another thing coming. Yeah, dude. And I thought that was really smart. It's one of the few times I've seen a title drop where I'm like, no, that really informs story. And I wanted to uh, give it a shout yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so glad that the priest is in this movie, actually. Yeah. I love that there's that extra... No, I do love that there's that presence of... Because if the you get a film of about Gap. morality... Well, if you have a film about that, you need the literal presence of like morality, like of someone that like and the priest, <laughs> the literal embo- embodiment of morality. But but the priest doesn't encompass God either. Like one of my favorite scenes as well is like at the end when 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 uh, Marlon Brando's got the gun, he's gonna like fucking go in, he's gonna mm. go in guns blazing and take down uh, uh, the mob. He, when he goes in and he just like socks him in the face, the priest just socks Marlon Brando in the face. Like the priest is yeah. shooting as well. <laughs> I and love like, seeing a punching priest. It's great. And through his passion of like trying to like get to the bottom of this, like he he's his own like choices like come into question as well with what he's doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's standing over the dead body of like you know someone that's been crushed in a horrible incident. And whilst like you know you can question the motives or whether this was staged or whatever or if it was a murder, which it which it is. Yeah. And the priest is right. He's still like there making this this speech, you know, in this moment of um of and 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 putting this death on like everyone else that is there, like <laughs> uh to stand up and do something about it. And it's and it's such a you know if that happened in imagine if like you know. We've, you know, we've just had a, a huge crisis in Australia mm. with the uh, with the bushfires, and you know, there's been multiple deaths, and it's been a horrible situation all around. And you know, someone like like standing up and and putting that on like the community itself, you know, like that is you know standing by that, and you put like something that is like out of everyone else's control, really, to a certain extent, of people that are just trying to get by and get through a situation. And he's like, "No, this is all your fault, and you should stand up for for this and that." Like everyone would just be like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, exactly. Like, They'd be like, "We're trying Mate, to just come we're on. trying to we're we're trying to make a dolly here to live and like survive," you know. And it's it's such a theme of this film of like morality and doing the right thing against like survival and like the easy choice. Yeah, and trying to make a dollar in a, in a in a society that doesn't give you the opportunities to like provide for family and and provide. 
buy. It reminds me just those post World War Two films where it's just like everything's shit. Like everyone's just come yeah. home and like from like nineteen. 19- 45 to like 1960 it was just shit <laughs> everyone just yeah. had to come back and just like do like labor jobs i guess like that's why you had like the rise of the unions back in like america yeah. and that kind of stuff and ugh. and i love i love that the main character in this film like his past is like because his past could make a great film as well the guy that threw the fight um yeah you know what i mean like uh, uh he could and, inverse and, rocky and, and, and the fact that like the that the film chooses to make him it's not even that he's necessarily a heroic figure. Like he does a heroic act at the end of this film was when he gets up and he's been beating the shit off and he leads the workers back into the into the docks to start working again when he really, he really should be going no, to the hospital. No, he could have immediately gone <laughs> like, It's like because like he was the only one to hide. I thought it was a little bit corny. I'm like, oh, yeah, but for such a serious film but, as well. Like, but it works in the sense because he's still so flawed. You know what I mean? Oh, that that guy he's just, is he's like, just so three dimensional. Just look at all of his flaws. <laughs> well, it's impressive for a film from the fifties, dude. To like. Have a have to be exploring the depths of what this is, but to be honest, and I think we alluded to this before, we were both expecting. I wasn't expecting this to have a happy ending. No, yeah, I genuinely thought they were going to kill him off at the end. I was like, and I was upset. I was like, don't you dare fucking kill him off. Because also, I really ship the couple. I'm like, no, yeah, I want too. him to live. I want him to live a better life. Like, I, I, I want him to live a better life as well. But at the end of the day, I kind of not that I wanted him to necessarily die, obviously, but. To a certain extent, I wanted him to stand by his choices and, and face the consequences, um, which he does, obviously. Like, his mm. brother is fucking, like, murdered, you know, and, and hung from a hook. And, he, and, he's, and he's hunted and he, to, to be killed uh, for, for the ending of this film. But, uh, and, he, and he gets the shit bashed out of him as well. But, like, for a moment, like, when he was going in to, like, have the Mexican standoff with, with the mob, you know, part of you was like, man, if he goes down, like, it's going to be really sad and I don't want this to happen. And I was really invested that I didn't want it to happen. But if it did happen, it would still make sense. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly, like, yeah. So either way, it, could have, it a... could have informed the story, which is which is where you kind of want to be. Last thing is that uh, let's talk about the comparison I kind of made earlier in the episode to The Lighthouse. Oh, right. And these, yes. And these psychopathic children that, man, I, ca- I hate it when animals die in movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 For two for two teenagers, I think no, they're younger than teenagers. They're probably they're probably twelve, like just 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 going to thirteen, going into the teen going into adolescence. And these boys, on account of this guy like, you know, calling out this mob boss and this being the norm in the community to like look the other they're way. Just kids. And just they don't get even by, know what they're doing, like they brutally murder like a a a whole bunch of pigeons. You know what I mean? And not only that, they proceed to throw the like shackled uh bashed up bloodied corpse of one of them at, Brando. at Marlon Brando jeez he gets hit with a dead bird and he's and he's so upset by it because you because the film does a good job establishing how much he loves those birds yeah which was and it was a powerful moment but but in the back of my mind I was thinking someone needs to like address these psychopathic children jeez. that are like that are like at large in this neighborhood like good lord jeez <laughs> it's insane and like what I wish had happened then is that because they killed the birds, they should have ended up like Robert Pattinson did in The Lighthouse, where just <laughs> yeah, the film ends with just like his corpse laid open as like the pigeons are pecking at it. <laughs> Were you getting massive Lighthouse vibes in that moment? Because there's a great shot in The Lighthouse where, spoilers for The Lighthouse, where uh, Rob grabs that uh, seagull and he just like bashes the shit out of it like oh. on, the, uh, on the rocks. And uh, that that prop of the, of the pigeon corpse just gave me so many yeah it did give me a little bit of flashback to that it's like well the birds are gonna come get you it's like oof (laughs) they go but not in Hitchcock's the birds because those kids would have been murdered (laughs) they would have been they yeah maybe maybe this is a prequel maybe this is why you know (laughs) this segues perfectly into Hitchcock's the birds this is where things went wrong you know 
They were like, we need revenge on those two children. What happened? You know, you know, Bob and Henry, you know, they were part of that flock of pigeons that were like kept in that cage, but that awesome dude that always fed them every day and made sure they had shelter. <laughs> they, yeah. they did now. We need to take them out. <laughs> <laughs> those kids out. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, uh, Nathan, what stills this movie? Let's get into it. <laughs> oh, it's blinding. So this is a segment where um, Brent and I choose a frame from the movie that we think is very funny or is just visually very interesting. You can catch the uh, still on our Instagram and also on our YouTube links are below in the description. Below. And, <laughs> and the still from this week <laughs> is that at the end, there's like this big fight scene where like Marlon Brando takes on the mob boss and like, and it's great. It's all over the shop. But there's a point where like, the mob boss, as he's fighting Marlon Brando, decides to, like, hook his leg, like, right over, like, Marlon Brando's back. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's for a split moment, but it's, like, he's he's been, like, kind of, like, tackled into the wall, and he's and he's copping some uh, some body punches, uh, uh, you know, so, he's, you know, it's, it'd be painful. But the, the solution, I don't think, is to grab the guy's head and to wrap your leg kind of around <laughs> so their, their back. And it's like, what? What's where? Where's he going with this? You know what I mean? Like, what? What's? What's the plan? Was it to try and kick him in the back? Maybe get his heel and dig his heel into his lower back. But at the moment isn't really like there's not that much force going into the back and obviously that's because maybe maybe with the fight choreography you don't want to hurt the other actor or whatever. But like, it's just such an odd moment. It's so weird. Oh, I love it though. I think I I do too. And it's also like his expression at the moment. He's like, it's it's almost like he could be like it's a pain. He could be taking a big shit. Like he could be like kind of laughing at the same time. Though, like it could be more like a lover's tussle. (laughs) It's funny because if there's just a photo, we didn't know the context. Like it would look quite intimate, almost. It's like yeah, exactly. exactly. What do you reckon is the facial expression? Because we can't see his face. What do you think Brando's face is right now? I think he could be like you know when you get like you know you're playing. You know, like, with, like, babies or, like, toddlers or whatever, and, like, dads sometimes do the thing where they, like, blow on their bellies or whatever, and they, oh, go, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they make the noise on their bellies, and the kid's like, <laughs> and, like, wait that once. Maybe he's doing that to him, like... <laughs> it looks a little bit like, um... <laughs> Blowing raspberries, you know? What's it? What's that word? It's like when, um, when um you motorboat boobs or whatever it is. Oh, my God. It looks as though like, he's doing that to Brando right now. <laughs> Brando's like, this is not the direction I thought this fight would go in. <laughs> And he's like, but I'm glad it did. Oh. <laughs> the girlfriend rocks up to watch the fight and he starts doing that. <laughs> he's like, babe, I don't mean it. Yeah, this this movie covers a lot of ground. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so we'll say we're, it was so forward thinking back in the 50s. Oh. Exactly. Well, hey, hey, let's look at this film's poster. Blanton. Yes. Let's look at this film's poster. But is it art? So, so... Uh, <laughs> Jesus before, Christ, this poster. Before, before, before we say anything, like that was a great reaction. I had not seen this poster at all. Oh my God. And uh, now that I've seen it, I've, I've, I've two, two questions. One, yes. What is with, what is with Marlon Brando's lipstick and rouge? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Why is he wearing lipstick on the poster? <laughs> He's also uh, got a little bit on his face as well. Or is that meant to be like a, like, like a cascara or something? Like, I don't know. Look, I actually, look, you know, if, if the coloring had been different, for this poster, it could have been all right. I feel like I feel like this is too vibrant for what what the film is, especially so not only because it's in black and white, yeah. but like because because the themes of this are quite dark and like oh, there's I haven't even spoken about the score of this film, which is just phenomenal. I love the score in this. Oh film. right, and I found it and that it adds like it adds a layer to it. Like I think the opening credits were really awesome in setting the tone of this, and so the tone is dark. It's 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 <laughs> like it's, the lighting. It's it's conflicted. You know, there's it's it's. It should be. It should reflect that. Not. Mm. Oh. What do you think? What do you think? What's this, this expression like? What do you think he's looking at right now? And there's like little, like <laughs> in his face there. His teeth are also very strange. Uh, yeah, little red um, fake teeth. 
Who took who painted this? It's so weird. Everyone look he's at this poster. Some, like, oh. He's also got eyeliner. Look at his eyes. Is he meant to be like a drag for this? I think so. I think so. Maybe what has happened right now is that he's had a really kind of intimate experience with that mod boss when they were like when he was giving him <laughs> raspberries, like when he and uh, this is set after the film and uh, he's 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 become a drag queen. Oh my goodness! And uh, he's been caught in the act by his uh, by his uh, by his by his woman, you know, and she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I've had a new lease on life," <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's turning he's turning back to talk to her, but he's walking to go onto the stage. You know what I mean? He's he's turning to take the stage, and he's gonna put on his wig, and he's gonna he's gonna go at it. Maybe 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 this is set in Adelaide, and maybe <laughs> this is in the same world as uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I'm not sure. Oh, that'd be great. I would love to see Brando as this poster in Priscilla. Just like, oh, that'd be great. I think what the poster should have been is just what you see on the bottom right, which is like with like him and her just like laying down. I reckon that would have been like paint that up. That could be a big good poster. Yeah, it's not bad. I also um, find it with like the weird like rectangle on the left of like the fight at the end. Like it's it's, it's so all over the place. This poster. There's there's so many options. There's so many options you could go. Like I understand. Like you know, it could be him with the pigeons in the pigeon pen. Maybe it could be. <laughs> it could be. It could be like him when he's on the swing with her, like, oh, um, yeah. and he's got the glove on or whatever. Like, there's moments that you could pick from this movie to have. Um, I, I it, like obviously he should be the focal point of the poster. Mm. Uh, but but I just don't know. If this this image it's really so does so weird. I can't believe it, Brando it could, let them put lipstick on him. Like, jeez. And it, and it, no, it, it could have worked, but it's obviously just like when they've given this to the artist and they've coloured it and they've made it really And also vibrant. the artist has f- like fuck all clue what the movie's about and all they've been given is the title. So they're like, ah, <laughs> I guess this is it. Yeah, strange. Really strange. Uh, but uh, Speaking of title, yeah. title talk. <laughs> Ooh, it's the title. On the Waterfront. Yeah, it's a great title. Were they it on the Waterfront, title. Brenton? They were on the Waterfront. They were on the Waterfront. And the Waterfront played a, played a prominent role because the mob boss ended up in the Waterfront. <laughs> Oh, he got tossed in there, <laughs> what, he, what should happen is that when he was tossed off into the water, he should have like come back up for air and then suddenly shouted, oh no, now I'm in the waterfront. <laughs> and Brando's like, what? And then just feds to black. Uh, oh, that would have been great. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is like, I, I get around this. Also, when they said the title in the movie, I was like, 100%. I'm, I'm for this. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Well, Nathan, yes. uh, I'm, I've kind of exerted all my power. So should we pass what little power we have left to the people? Let's do it. Pass it here. What? The power to the people. On the tomato meter, or the tomato meter as I like to call it, the film has a critical consensus of 98%. It is certified Oof. fresh. Oof, they love it. Oh, it's so hot right with an, now. With an audience score of uh, 95%. Or 95%, 98. Like, people seem to like this That's movie. pretty far up there. Yeah. yeah. Such as Phil Villarreal. Phil Villarreal. He's doing a pretty real review. Hey, let's hope so. From Arizona Daily Star. The difference between pre- and post-1950s cinema. Before and after Brando is as pronounced as moving from black and white to colour. Hey, yeah, that's a, that's a really great quote, you know? Like, mm. Brando... Brando brings us into like the new generation of actors. You know what I mean? He brings us into the into the. We're moving away from the. It's funny because when you of... compare the films we've done that are older than this, you really do notice it. Like, you compare the acting in like yeah. Wuthering Heights or King Kong, or um... it's very classical in terms of like the acting styles and whatnot. You can see it was these actors were trained for the stage, mm. probably. But they're learning from Brando in this. Yes, they are. Yeah. They are, and he, he, you know, and Brando at this time was a really established uh, stage actor as well. Yeah. So. 
the fact that he brings this nuance and and he's brought this artistry to the to the craft of acting, you know, is is kind of phenomenal. What a time! And it was great that he kind of paved the way for a lot of other actors and and this type of uh, performance to be. Uh, continue to be captured uh, on screen, and it's you know it's 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 kind of easy to say that now when you look at the plethora of performances. Yeah, because everyone's like, doing at, it now. Yeah, you look at the Oscars, like you know nominations today, and it's just uh, in terms of like the context of like you look at everyone that's nominated for performance for Oscars in today's society, and it's always and it's always nuanced performances. It's it's always uh, crafted kind of. Um, you won't see Eddie Redmayne being nominated for go- for a go. <laughs> <laughs> that's not nuanced. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Maybe Eddie Redmayne was trying to mull. Brando it. Maybe he was trying to make a new form of acting where you just shout every line and then whisper. I think he was going for the extremes, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Inventing his own style of acting. Oh, if only if only other actors respected it. If only. Tim R, he gave it five stars and wrote, as much as I love The Godfather, I still believe this is Marlon Brando's best performance. Yeah, what do you think of the two Ooh. compared together? Oh, I like this better than The Godfather in terms of his performance. Same. I, also, I just like this better than The Godfather, frankly. Yeah, same, but but it's not his best performance. No, obviously Superman is his best performance. No, his best performance is Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, right. Yes, yes, that's quite true. Uh, in my opinion. Still. Uh, but uh, this, this is still pretty, pretty phenomenal. You well know? done, Brando. Well done. Good on you, mate. Uh, and good on you, Chaz J, for giving this film five stars and saying, Wow, Marlon Brando makes everyone else seem so out of tune. That's an interesting way to put that it. That is interesting, yeah. but also I don't think entirely correct. I don't think because he's so no, good, so everyone else looks so eh. Like, I think they hold up their own. Like we said, like his scene partners really brought their A game as well, and you can see that everyone was was bringing their all to this film, and and everyone um was in the world of this film. You know what I mean? There was no one that stood out because they were doing something that was uh out of the out of the world, let's say, or you know something that didn't make sense in terms of like the performances surrounding Brando was. They were all consistent. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Stephen Scott. Right on YouTube, they should really do a remake of this classic. That's an interesting one because I feel like we do get uh, similar themes and characters. Mm. You know what I mean? Could you today, like could anyway? you update it like up to until, like 2020? But like, but it doesn't feel that outdated. Watching it, like it doesn't feel that fifties. No. Like, no, I don't know what a 2020 no, so adaptation would do with this kind of story. Well, I feel like aren't there, there are films today that kind of that kind of capture the similar characters and mm. similar stories. Like you could look at something like. I don't know, like like Drive or something like that, you know, with with Gosling in that film, and like you're dealing with a character that is that is dealing with a conflict of morals, you know, and and is is a bad boy, and like he obviously does way worse things than Brando does, like <laughs> you know, at 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 the start of this film, like it's really interesting that the film actually takes that that kind of that they they the, the characters kind of got that innocence in a way as well that it's like I didn't know that they were going to violently murder that guy that I told to go to the roof. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like yeah, it's like it really really you didn't really, know. And he really throws him out. He's, he's like what? He's like what? And then he's like I'm a pawn. What? <laughs> I'm reading porn at work. <laughs> That's a thing that happens in this movie at one point. <laughs> you couldn't do that in 2020. And lastly, Matt Victor on YouTube wrote, I don't like the country. The crickets make me nervous. Ha ha, I love that line for some reason. I know what he means. Well, it's two city goers. Yes, we're both very city. Do 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 critics crickets make you nervous? I mean critics definitely make me nervous, but <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I'm like, I, I see what he means by that line. It's like, you know, the silence. It's like if you can't hear shit, you get a little bit weird. Mate. Crickets can be deafening if there's like... A yeah, <laughs> it's like there's plenty of them. No, not really. I, I, I love the country, you know. <laughs> We're both country boys. We've been on some wine tours here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've been out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've, we've, you know, we've slogged some hay, you know. We've done the fair oh, yeah. bit of work out in the country. Oh, yeah. I've been on the land. I've been on the property. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, I've been on... 
I've been on a tractor. Um, that, <laughs> guys, that was that was on the waterfront and also a host of other discussions. Mate, what an episode! What an episode. And we still managed to make you know pretty good time. We didn't go too no, far. No, still made time, it under you know an I mean? hour. So well done, us. That's wonderful. But also well done, listeners. The most important. Thing oh, of this guys, show. honestly, thank you if you are still listening. Thank for you, sticking with us through. All of that. You know? <laughs> but if you love this movie, what a convo. And join the convo on Insta and Twitter as well. We want to talk to you guys about it. If you loved it, let us know. And if you hated it, we want to hear why. Yeah. Is it because of the dead birds in this movie? Because <laughs> Honestly, please tell us your opinions and tell us uh, if you think ours are wrong. Because that's always fun. Yeah. You know? We love to know when we're wrong. We're taught it so consistently every day. So I know. just add to the I mean, pile. you know. It does help, though, you know, because you just find out that your opinion's always wrong and you just kind of go, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Like, that's good to know. That's why we do a podcast just broadcasting our opinions, Brenton. <laughs> yeah. uh, you poor, poor uh, listeners. But- I keep checking out the social media, too, if you want to get a hint of what we do next week. We post the still and poster before it comes out. So if you want to know what we're going to review next week, check out the social meds. Links all below. We do record every week. And what really uh, helps us out as well is if you guys could give us a review on the podcast oh, app or on any we'll other give platform, you the, basically. We'll give you all the kisses for it. Oh, chef's kiss. Mwah. You guys are the best. Uh, and we can't wait to see you next week uh, for whatever yeah, we do. for whatever we decide to do. So what is it you were trying to tell me before, Brenton, at the opening? Oh, what I was trying to say was mm. if we get a bird on the podcast, we should definitely... That's disgusting!